Good morning, my friends, and welcome to yet another thrilling installment of Weekend Update. From high above all other puerile and pedantic forms of Wyoming mainstream media, this is Cowboy State Politics. I, of course, am your illustrious host, David Iverson, firmly ensconced behind the silver Cowboy State Politics microphone and broadcasting to you from the depths of the Middle Swamp in Wyoming's capital of Cheyenne. Good morning, my friends, and welcome to the final broadcast from the Middle Swamp. I can't tell you how happy I am to be heading back to Cowboy State Politics Northern Command. But there are a few loose ends we need to tie up before I leave this barren place. Honestly, have you ever spent any length of time down here? The wind blows nearly as much as it does in Casper. I'm even more convinced now than I ever was that the source of Wyoming's wind comes directly from the Capitol building itself. There's so much smoke that's being blown up our collective backsides that you can't even believe it. They can take the simplest of concepts, something that you and I and just about everybody else in the state of Wyoming completely understands, and make it unintelligible. Or better yet, they admit their utter ignorance to it. Take, for example, Senate File 101, the Wyoming Legal Tender Act Amendments. It is already legal to use gold, silver, and other precious metals as legal tender in the state of Wyoming. I personally have a small stack of what are called goldbacks. Those are small bills that are infused with a minute amount of gold that can be used to purchase goods and services. Senate File 101 would mandate that the state of Wyoming also accept gold and silver as legal tender. And the act specifically mentions that people would be able to pay their property taxes in precious metals. The bill coincides with Scottsdale Mint's plans to set up shop in Casper. They have a plan to create a Wyoming version of Fort Knox right in the center of our state. Scottsdale Mint's plan is to mint gold and silver coins, and one of the bill's sponsors, Casper Senator Bob Ide, told Cowboy State Politics that they will also probably produce goldbacks. Precious metals as legal tender is not that complicated of an idea. In fact, until Richard Nixon, United States currency was backed by gold. You could literally take your U.S. dollars into a bank and exchange them for gold. The backing of U.S. currency by gold was replaced by the full faith and credit of the United States. In other words, our money was worth what the government said it was worth, or so they told us. In reality, removing us from the gold standard just allowed the government to print as much money as they wanted, which kind of explains our current fiscal situation. Right now, inflation is at near an all-time high. They've just printed too much money. Inflation is created when you have too many dollars chasing too few of goods. During the pandemic, our government injected approximately $6 trillion into the market. They printed $6 trillion. Now, of course, usually it's just created by a couple of keystrokes in a computer. But the result in reality is that you have $6 trillion more U.S. dollars in the market than you had just a few years ago. And this has caused the value of our dollar to go down. For example, accounting for inflation, $10 in 1995 is worth $20 today. 
I've put a link on the website to inflationtool.com. It's kind of a fun little website that you can see what your money is worth at any given year in the past. Or if you go too far, it should really scare the crap out of you. In real terms, your money has lost 10% of its value in the last two years. And if current spending and printing rates continue at the rate that they're going, you're going to lose a lot more of your money in the very near future. There have been several examples in our past where fiat currency, which is what our money is, fiat meaning that it's not backed by anything. There are several examples of where fiat currency has lost all of its value, and it's been overtaken by what is called hyperinflation. I've talked about this on the program a number of times before. A really good and pretty recent example of this is what happened to Zimbabwe in 2008. In 2008, Zimbabwe's dollar was equal to the United States dollar, which tells you how much of a rocking economy they had. Now, much smaller, of course, but their currency was equal to the U.S. dollar. Within a few years, their currency was worth nothing. Hyperinflation had taken over, brought on by huge amounts of government spending on social programs, spending that they could not afford. And so to keep up, they had to just print money. Remind you of anybody? So in a couple of years, instead of printing $100 bills, they were printing $100 trillion bills because the velocity of their money had increased so rapidly and their money printing had gone through the roof that they had to print that much money. It was worth nothing. Go to any search engine and type in Zimbabwe $100 trillion bill and you can see it for yourself. Zimbabwe is not the only example of this. It happened to Rome. Most historians agree that rampant inflation was one of the key causes of the fall of the Roman Empire. They started putting less and less silver in their coins, and eventually they were worth nothing. It happened to the Weimar Republic right after World War I when we charged them with the entire debt of the war. To pay that debt, they had to just continue printing money. And when that happened, hyperinflation took over. It's happened several times before. And if you think that it, could, it can't happen to us, you are sadly mistaken. So let's get back to gold and silver. To combat rampant inflation, smart people keep a quantity of gold and silver around. Ask any of your grandparents. There, there's probably a stack of silver dollars somewhere in their house. Because they understand that gold and silver has never been worth zero. Since gold and silver coins were created by the Lydians, uh, the Lydians were a group of people that lived around the Aegean Sea somewhere between 1200 and 500 BC. But ever since they created gold and silver coins, gold and silver has never been worth zero. It has always had intrinsic value. Let me just give you one example. Let's say you had a gold coin 100 years ago. What could you buy with it? Well, probably two pretty nice suits. Now, let's assume that you have that same gold coin today. What could you purchase with it? Probably the same two pretty nice suits. You see, it's not the value of gold that goes up and down. It is the value of the dollar. So when people say that the price of gold is up, that's not correct. That means the price of the dollar is down. It's not some weird conspiracy theory cooked up by people who wear hats made of aluminum foil. It is a historical fact that fiat currency gets debased by the country that holds it, and that sometimes those countries slip into hyperinflation and their paper money becomes worthless. 
The reasoning behind holding physical gold and silver is exactly the same as for people who collect expensive jewelry made of it. Yet we don't accuse people who buy expensive jewelry of being conspiracy nuts. Moreover, there are several states that hold their own supply of gold, Texas being one of them. For a while, Texas allowed the federal government to hold their supply of gold in Fort Knox, and it wasn't until recently that the state of Texas demanded that their gold reserves be returned to them. Now, why would they do that? It wouldn't be because the U.S. federal government is printing more money than they have at any time in the past, and they're spending it like drunken sailors, would it? A perfect time for a little Rinaldus Magnus. Higher and higher taxes on small businesses, on family farms, and on every working family, so that government may once again grow at the people's expense. You know, we could say they spend like drunken sailors. But that would be unfair to drunken sailors, because the sailors are spending their own money. Had you been joining me in Cheyenne the last two months, there would be no way that you could argue against the fact that our politicians spend way too much money. So we are debasing our currency. We're printing way more money than we actually have, and we're spending it at a rate that we never have in the past, creating rampant inflation. And this is why many, many people have shifted part of their assets into holding physical gold and silver. Senate File 101 would have mandated that the state of Wyoming accept payment for property taxes and severance taxes in physical gold and silver. And it also would have mandated that the state of Wyoming hold an amount of gold and silver. The bill itself didn't say how much gold and silver the state of Wyoming had to hold. It could have been an amount as small as one gold coin. They just had to possess some gold and silver. All of this talk of protecting the state's assets with physical gold and silver was too much for Speaker of the House Albert Somers. He just couldn't understand why we would have to resort to such arcane measures. Here he is saying it. I just don't, I really don't understand why we would even contemplate going down this path. There's nothing, there's no, there's no value in it. We can, our investment team can invest in gold shares of gold now if they think it's a, a wise choice or silver shares or, or whatever. Now, maybe they can't hold gold or we can't hold the, the material. But, you know, I think this is apocalypse thinking. Is the apocalypse on us and we're going to need gold to trade and barter in some future day when, when, uh, when the, the world is ended? I mean, I just don't get it. This is not sound fiscal investment policy. No, there's no value in it whatsoever. Nobody in that chamber was wearing any kind of jewelry at all. Not one gold ring. And I'm sure none of the ladies in Wyoming's beautiful state capitol building had any diamonds on at all. If we listen to Albert Somers, it would make no sense whatsoever for any of the ladies in Wyoming's beautiful state capitol building to have one pair of sparkly little diamond studs in their ears. To further explain their utter ignorance of history, and of sound money for that matter, they didn't take Senate File 101 seriously. 
In fact, they decided to mock it. Here's exactly what Representative Tom Walters had to say on the floor. Now, it is the soundbite that I'm going to play for you is kind of humorous, but you have to listen to it in context. We're having a discussion of whether or not the state of Wyoming should hold precious metals like gold and silver. And here is what Representative Tom Walters had to say. Representative Walters. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. I move uh, third reading amendment number two to Senate file 101 and ask for your favorable consideration. And what this does is in the event that we are going to have this physical gold, it creates an appropriation to build the facility, the depository, and it provides for a location. And I chose the geographic center of the state of Wyoming because uh, geologically speaking, it's very stable within the state of Wyoming. Furthermore, Obviously, being the center of the state, it's the farthest from all of our borders, and that way none of our neighboring states can come in and try to get our physical gold because we do not want them taking our physical gold from the state of Wyoming. It's ours. It's hard-earned. We want to keep it. And so there's a $2 million appropriation in this to build a Class 3 UL certified depository to hold this physical gold. Uh, you know, it was discussed in the previous amendment that down here in our basement, we have some some beautiful old historic safes. But I just don't believe that that the safe of, uh, of that was built in the late seven, or late 1800s, early 1900s is adequate to meet the needs of today. I think the today's criminals are probably smart enough to get into those safes. Plus, physically, we'd heard it discussed that this amount of gold might be as much as 28,000 tons. I believe it was almost 60,000 pounds. That's going to take a lot more space than we have in those safes down in our basement. Furthermore, I don't even know if our, our basement floor can support that kind of weight. So this all that this amendment does is it makes sure that we have a place to house this. And I think it's a wise use of our dollars as opposed to paying a third party to take care of this for the state of Wyoming, which costs the state of Wyoming. We have a one-time expenditure. We, we build the facility, and with the facility built, then we're no longer paying a third party to take care of this this uh, physical aspect. And so, again, on and for the amendment, I think it's a good safe location being at the geographic center of the state. Uh, geologically speaking, as I said, it's very stable area and uh, would ask for your favorable consideration. And thank you. Very funny. Not only are they making fun of Senate File 101, Albert Somers, Tom Walters, Bob Nicholas, and most of the Redcoats who spoke against the bill believe in something called paper gold. Gold shares. That is, investing in a company that invests in gold. You don't actually own physical gold. They give you a piece of paper in exchange for your money so that they can buy more gold. How dumb is that? You're giving a company money so that they can hold more gold and silver, and you get to hold a piece of paper. You know, kind of like the stuff our money is made out of. Out of all of the ridiculous comments that I heard in my two months in Cheyenne, nothing quite holds a candle to the other thing that Speaker of the House Albert Somers said against Senate File 101. Now just remember, this is the person who is in charge of one half of our legislative branch. Um, gold, the dollar bill is less volatile than gold. I just, I don't understand this. I don't understand why it's good policy. We can invest in gold as the state of Wyoming right now if we want to. We don't have to have this bill. And, uh, and so what is the reason to allow a company to pay their severance tax with gold? What, how does that advance the policies of the state of Wyoming? 
What does this do for, does, or does this in fact help some gold trader? Does it help some gold trader out there that wants to trade gold for a price? Is that who this helps? Because I, I'm struggling understanding why this bill helps the state of Wyoming or frankly anything. The dollar is less volatile than gold. Wow. Frankly, the people running your state have no idea what they're doing. But it does kind of explain all of the rampant spending that they engaged in in the 2023 legislative session. Accept truckloads of federal dollars that are just printed out of thin air and spend as much as you want. It's not going to hurt anything. Don't you worry your pretty little head. In any case, the short-sighted imbeciles in the House of Representatives defeated Senate File 101. I guess that just means there's more gold and silver for the rest of us to buy. We'll get back to the program in just a second. But first, a completely outrageous profit timeout. Cowboy State Politics is brought to you by Morton Buildings. If you're in the market for an outbuilding or a garage or a giant barn or maybe a roping arena or even a warehouse for your business, then you should call Nick and Jesse at Morton Buildings. Their phone number is 307-674-2532. These guys are the experts in metal building construction, and they've been doing it longer than anybody else around. So if you're tired of all of your equipment or fun summertime toys being out in the Wyoming snow, then give Nick and Jesse a call. Again, their phone number is 307-674-2532, or you can check them out on their website at mortonbuildings.com. It's Saturday morning. Do you know what I'm thinking about? Hot wings. Hot wings from the Wing It food truck. They make the most amazing wings in the state of Wyoming. And it's not just hot wings. They have several other different flavors. I personally recommend the garlic parmesan wings. I wish I had some right now. The way that you can figure out where to get some is to go to CowboysStatePolitics.com and look underneath the Sponsors tab, and you'll find their schedule there. That way, you'll be able to plan your entire week around where that truck is going to be. That's the Wing It Food Truck. If you've been looking for a place to advertise your business, you're not going to find a more loyal audience than the one at Cowboy State Politics. Advertising on a podcast is different than traditional radio. On the radio, people may or may not be listening to your message. But when someone downloads a podcast, they are listening with intent. They'll hear your message and they'll understand it. And I'm telling you, you're not going to beat my advertising rates. I'll work with you to create a, an advertising program that's perfect for your business. So if you want to advertise on Cowboy State Politics, shoot me an email. The address is david at cowboystatepolitics.com. I would love to get that conversation started with you. And now, the conclusion to our program. Yesterday was the end of this year's legislative session. Our senators and representatives can go home, and our liberty is at no further risk from them passing any more laws that we don't need, that is. 
So they tidied up the chamber, and then the governor came and spoke. He didn't really have anything profound to say, but there is one thing that I do want to point out to you. Before he entered the chamber, Casper Representative Bill Alamand stood up on the floor of the House and asked for his colleagues to sign a petition asking the governor to engage the National Guard to help out Wyoming ranchers who've been impacted by this year's snowstorm. Now, I'm going to have to do this in reverse so that it makes sense, but just hang with me. You'll get it. The governor ended his remarks in a backhanded jab at the House Freedom Caucus, saying that we should focus on Wyoming solutions for Wyoming problems and not bills that were written by some think tank out of state. He was referring, of course, to House Bill 152, the Life is a Human Right Act, and Bo Beitman's ESG bills. Governor Gordon doesn't see either of those things as a Wyoming solution, so here is how the governor ended his remarks. I also want to say thank you for keeping in mind how important it is that we have Wyoming solutions for Wyoming problems. I just reported to the chamber across the way, and I've mentioned this early this year, the highest per capita GDP in the nation for any city is Washington, D.C., now, we know we push back every day on what the federal government gives us. Federal government gives us regulations, laws, they overstep on a regular basis, and we'll continue to fight against that. But think about what else Washington, D.C. gives us. It's not just the federal government. In Washington, D.C., there are numbers of think tanks that develop model pieces of legislation, and they raise funding on that model pieces of legislation, a lot of funding, which is why that GDP per capita is more than twice that of New York City, the second city that has the high GDP. I know the temptation and the challenge of seeing those bills come across, and I know what that can mean. But I grew up in this state, and I love this state, because Wyoming people focus on Wyoming solutions for Wyoming people. I couldn't agree more. We should come up with solutions for Wyoming problems that are uniquely Wyoming. So the governor's response to Representative Bill Alaman's request kind of surprised me. First, here's what Representative Alaman asked the governor to do. The livestock industry is in trouble. I mean dire trouble in certain areas of our state. Northern Natrona County, all of Natrona County, most of Converse County, most of Carbon County and Sweetwater County. Those are the areas that I know of. We've had a tough winter. We've been able to keep up somewhat, but now things are changing. People haven't seen their cows for weeks. I had one lady call me several days ago. She hasn't been out of her front drive in two months. She hasn't seen her cows in two months. I hope that she does see them standing when she does see them. I doubt that's going to happen. We need some help. We need the National Guard. That's our only way out of this, folks. You cannot rent a loader or a caterpillar or any snow removal equipment in Casper. I don't know about Rollins or other places, but in Casper, it's gone. And I'm not asking this for my family. My family does not need it. We do not want it. And we would not accept the help. 
because we know other people need it. We have the equipment to take care of ourselves. But so many people that we know don't. And it's going to be a tragedy. And I'm asking that you will sign this document, just and it does nothing more than ask the governor to send the National Guard in. And I understand there's not enough National Guard for the whole country. I don't care whether it goes to Natrona County or Converse County or Sweetwater County, Converse County. But let's get it someplace. Let's help some people somewhere. I would much rather spend several hundred thousand dollars right now saving those cows and not spending millions and millions and millions here next, next, a year from now trying to save those ranches that don't have any cows. I sure ask you for your support. And I have some pretty good pictures that a lot of you have seen. I'd share them with any of you. But I would, I would sure ask you to, to sign this for me. It will be on my desk. Uh, it seems to me that cattle and snow problems are quintessentially Wyoming issues. Certainly, other states have cattle, and other states get a tremendous amount of snow as well. But this seems to be an issue that Wyoming could handle all on our own. We certainly spend enough money in state resources that we could move some snow and get some cattle fed. Just as a quick reminder, here was what the governor said at the end of his remarks. When I grew up in this state, and I love this state, because Wyoming people focus on Wyoming solutions for Wyoming people. But here is the governor's response to Representative Alaman's petition. Representative Alamand, I heard your call um, for, uh, you know, more help because across Wyoming, uh, whether it be in Evanston, whether it be in the Red Desert, whether it be in the eastern part of the state, this is a winter. This is a winter like I remember when I was a kid. This is a winter when uh, our own D6 cat has been deployed on more opportunities uh, than, than I would like to have seen. Uh, and, and we do feel the pressure and the need. Um, I just got off the phone moments ago with FEMA, uh, Federal Energy Management Administration, to attempt to convey to them the direness of the situation for livestock producers across the city. Thank you. Now, I would like to report that FEMA has a program that will work, and we'll continue to work on that. But I want you to also know that we are preparing a disaster declaration for the U.S. Department of Agriculture, and we will continue to work over time to make sure we get resources. Now, wait a minute. I thought we were supposed to have Wyoming solutions for Wyoming problems for Wyoming people. Asking FEMA and the Department of Agriculture for help doesn't seem like a Wyoming solution to me. What I'm saying here is we all have to have some intellectual consistency.
You can't, on the one hand, chastise the House Freedom Caucus for looking for solutions that worked in other states to problems that Wyoming citizens are facing, and then, on the other hand, say that we have to look to the federal government to solve the same problem that Wyoming has had since it was created. Now, don't misunderstand me. Governor Gordon does own two ranches. He does have his own cattle, so he does understand the problem. What I'm getting at, though, is we shouldn't be looking at the federal government to solve problems that we could solve within Wyoming. That's what he said in his speech. We have to look at Wyoming solutions for Wyoming problems. But when you look at the entire legislative session as a whole, but when you look at the legislative session as a whole, there were solutions brought to the table by Wyoming senators and representatives to solve Wyoming issues. Now, it just so happens that many of those issues are cropping up in other states as well, and they're having to deal with them. Just because a different state comes up with a different solution doesn't mean that it won't work here. We just have to try it. The people who were standing in the way of most of those solutions is Speaker of the House Albert Somers and the 30 other Democrats who can't spell. Excuse me, the Redcoats, the people who run as Republicans but vote like Democrats. We did have some big wins, though. Crossover voting is no more in the state of Wyoming. We passed two big pro-life bills, the chemical abortion bill and then House Bill 152, the Life is a Human Right Act. We don't quite yet know if Governor Gordon is going to sign those two bills, but they still passed the legislature, a huge win for conservatives. And there are others. In the coming weeks, we'll be discussing a lot of other things that happened during this year's legislative session. On Wednesday's program, I have an exclusive interview with United States Representative Harriet Hegeman. She sat down with me for about a half hour to have an in-depth discussion on a lot of different issues, including what she thinks of that dumb article in the cow pie, saying that no U.S. representative has ever weighed in on state issues. First of all, that's ridiculous, but second, just wait until you hear her response. Have a good rest of your weekend, and we'll talk again on Monday. For the last time, from the depths of the Middle Swamp in Wyoming's capital of Cheyenne, I'm David Iverson, and this is the one and only Cowboy State Politics.